0: Good morning, friends. It's a joy to be with you, and, uh, and we flow with the dynamics and technicalities, so I appreciate your, uh, your patience. Uh, let's continue in worship by hearing um, these two passages from God's Holy Word, first from Isaiah 45, again, 5 to 7, and then from 2 Corinthians. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, people will know there is none beside me. I am the Lord. There is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. And now from 2 Corinthians, Paul is writing to the church there in Corinth. And it's from a very much more uh, from the human side, from the the church side. Paul says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Well, since the beginning of July, I've been very intrigued about the marks of Jesus, and I'll explain what prompted me to focus on that in a few moments. Uh, The phrase, the marks of Jesus, comes to me from the very closing verses of Galatians. In fact, the next to last verse, uh, Galatians 6.17, where Paul there reminds the churches in Galatia that he is marked for Christ. He says, from now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. What did he mean by that? Do we have the marks of Jesus? How do we manifest those? And what is the showing for, anyway? What are the marks for? Well, in Galatians, Paul gives them, the churches of Galatia, a series of hard-hitting instructions, actually, on how to live the Christian life, how to be a mature Christian body. And here's a quick recap of some of the most important words across those six chapters of Galatians. He says, we are to follow the true gospel, the one I gave you, not some false one. He says, we are to act in line with the truth of the gospel. So live it out, not just believe it. Believe that you are justified by faith in Christ, not by the works of the law. We are to affirm that we are all one in Christ Jesus So within the fellowship of believers, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, not male nor female. And we're to show the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then he adds, against such there is no law, which I love. And lastly, we are to carry each other's burdens. And in this way, we fulfill the law of Christ. So overall, taken together, his aim in this letter in Galatians is to direct them toward becoming more mature disciples, to want to be and to become those who show the marks of Jesus. But what are those marks? What are those marks? Well, I can't help but think of another passage of Paul in uh, this Second Corinthians which Krista read earlier, and maybe his marks are the marks of um, persecution that he has gone through. Tough times for being a follower of Christ. So he describes how, though we are God's people, we're also, um, we have this treasure of God in us, but in jars of clay, fragile, and we are persecuted, we are hard-pressed, but he, he shows how we endure, and he's giving that kind of lesson on what maturity is. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the, these are the marks of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. But as I look at that verse, the marks of Jesus are less about anything that has happened to us, and it's more about what those marks are reveal through us through and about Jesus. So it's what those marks reveal. It doesn't even really matter what the marks are. It's what they reveal and what they show about Jesus so that his life may be revealed in us and come to be at work in you too, Paul says. And so the more that I've been thinking about the marks of Jesus, the more I begin to see how their main purpose is not to have people look at us or even us to look at us about our lives, but rather to look at and to acknowledge God and let God shine through us. And that's why I've had us read Isaiah 45 and six. These are representative of the hundreds of verses in the Old Testament that say things happen, quote, so that people will know that I am the Lord, that I am your God, it's all through scripture. I will do this so that all will acknowledge that I am the Lord. These marks show that who God is. And that's from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting. God wants people to know there is none besides me, he says. I am the Lord. There's no other. And then there's a deeper insight that scripture gives us about showing the marks of Jesus, the marks to make it abundantly clear who we are to look at. It says, really in total, we're best at showing the marks of Jesus to the world when we show them together. Let me say that again. We're far better at showing the marks of Jesus to the world when we show them together. Far better than individually. So last month, I was in Cairo for a trip doing some training for Egyptians. And I, at one time, we were in a Cairo souk the marketplace. And it's, you know, it's this warren of different paths and with shops all around. And I was uh, on the hunt for a puzzle ring. Now, I wonder if you know what a puzzle ring is. Maybe you've seen a puzzle ring. I have one on. Um, There are four or six, or there's one that has even 12 uh, bands that are all interconnected. And uh, when they're assembled, they form one, one ring, right? So, I looked it up. It Apparently, several websites say that puzzle rings may well have originated in the greater Middle East, uh, maybe in Turkey. And I was looking for a, a new silver puzzle ring because I had a treasured one when I was small in Saudi Arabia. And at one jewelry shop, the owner proudly told him that all his rings were authentic, 90% pure silver. And then he took pains to, to point out that Authentic rings have a mark on them to show that they're authentic. It's required by the government. And so I asked him to show me the stamp on the the rings that he was showing me, right? It's only makes sense. And uh, he grew a little frantic as none of the rings (laughs) that he showed me seemed to have the mark on them. And uh, we left the shop without purchasing And we found our way to another shop and we were on the hunt now for an authenticity mark. And clearly this one we found was a better shop. In fact, it was more like a little factory of rings and jewelry. And we could watch the jewelers uh, pounding and hammering and polishing. And it was quite interesting. And I found this beautiful puzzle ring that I wanted to buy. So I asked them to show me the mark showing the, uh, you know, certifying its purity. Uh, by that time, the puzzle ring I was looking at was disassembled. And so first one jeweler looked for it and then kind of silently passed it to a second who examined each ring, look each part, you know, each of the four rings looking for the mark and couldn't find it. They now had their jewelers loop out uh, trying to find that mark. And then the third jeweler had an idea. He assembled the ring, he put it back together. and then he said, here it is. And clearly, once, once assembled, the authenticity mark was there. It was spanning several rings, several of the bands. So it wasn't visible when it was taken apart, but assembled, it became quite clear. And that's when I started thinking about these marks of Jesus and whether those marks are evident in, in us and how we can best show them. When we're assembled together, acting in faith, it dawns on me that that's when people can most clearly and easily see the mark of God on us, identifying quality and authenticity. When we're apart, people may have a much harder time seeing the mark. It may be there, but in God's design, all of what Paul writes about being mature disciples and witnesses to the world, it all shows more clearly when we're united in collaboration as the body of Christ. And actually, this is a great relief to me. Uh, it simply means that we become mature Christians as a group. See, it's all not just all this individual work. It's we're as a body, as a group. And that's why Paul wrote his circular epistles to groups of people, collections of churches, the churches in Rome and Galatia and Corinth, he didn't write them to individuals, and we have got to get a better grasp of the call to act together in faithfulness. That's really what this is talking about, because that's when the life of Christ shines best through us. A friend that I've come to uh, admire in my discussions, my Zoom, my mini Zoom calls, is um, Jay Matenga from New Zealand, and he's head of the Mission Commission of the World Evangelical Alliance and they're doing great work there. And he posted an excellent set of Twitter tweets just this past week that really talk about these insights that we're meant to collectively display the marks of Jesus to the world. So he wrote, I wonder if what we call spiritual growth in individualistic Christianity has supplanted maturity as a biblical objective for disciples, collectively interpreted The New Testament writers gauge maturity in Christ by relationship competency within the covenantal community in diversity. The fruit of the Spirit, he says, is entirely communally oriented. They are the characteristics of love and reliance on one anotherness for its manifestation. The more we grow in relationship competency without prejudice, the more evident is the power and fruit of the spirit in our lives and midst. And then he continues, isolated contemplation should therefore be oriented toward communal engagement and as well, public witness. Along this line, spiritual growth as an end in itself isn't biblically tenable. Pretty powerful word. It's a byproduct of being focused on others and engaged We're born again for covenantal community. Apart from the body of Christ, he says, there is no life. We can do nothing. Really amazing affirmation that even these marks are inherently connected with us, with we who follow Christ, acting and being and growing and living and doing and being, you know, together. And all of this reflects Jesus' high priestly prayer. Recorded in John 17, where Jesus prays to the Father, I am in them and you are in me. May they be made completely one, so the world may know. See, there's that marks of Jesus being evident. So the world may know you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. So it turns out that God's mission is best demonstrated to the world by how well we make ourselves completely one. It turns out that showing the fruit of the spirit is not simply a sign of a mature individual believer. It's a collective sign and witness when we show the fruit of the spirit together. It turns out that loving one another is not simply caring for one another, it's the entire body of Christ showing beautiful love. And it turns out that carrying each other's burdens Is not simply meant to be the occasional personal act one to another. We show the marks of Jesus when system wide we carry each other's burdens as a collective action. And for me, this is why really this gets to the roots of why I have wanted to work full time to build up Christian collaboration. And I do it mostly in the Middle East and North Africa. My aim there is that entire bodies of Christians. Across dozens of organizations and churches, can come to display this life of Jesus despite being jars of clay, as Paul puts it. And so I'd say to us, friends, let's live in such a way together that the marks of Jesus are collectively visible, so that we, as Paul writes, bear on our body together the marks of Jesus. And I'd like to close with this prayer I came across written by a man named Peter Gregg of uh, 24-7 Prayer. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the wonder, the beauty, and complexity of your creation. Renew my soul this week to celebrate your creativity. Thank you, Jesus, for overcoming the dreariness of sin and making everything new. Renew me this week, I pray to live almost as beautifully as you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for inspiring dreams and visions, imagination and innovation. Give me a new mind this week to perceive fresh possibilities in ordinary things, amen.